1: Welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 football podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. Max Olson is with me. Max, how's it going? Hey, buddy. Good Happy to see you. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're recording here on Wednesday, October 14th. Uh, we've only got one Big 12 game this weekend. I know. Let's, let's talk
2: about Kansas-West
1: Virginia for 45 <laughs> minutes. You ready? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> And we're going to talk more about the Red hey, River. It's, it's
2: the Big Noon kickoff game this week. I don't know if you heard. West Virginia Kansas big noon kickoff on Fox.
1: As it should. Or FS1. Be. I'm not, I'm not sure which. As it should be. I will be watching. I will be watching. <laughs> um with my with my off week since the Sooners are off this weekend. We're going to get more into the Red River uh sh- I still call it Red River shootout. I don't recognize this Red River showdown nonsense. Okay. Uh, it, it is it is forever the Red River shootout in my opinion. Uh, I you know I don't know it's funny. How you feel about I, I kind
2: of I like the simplicity of just the the triple R, the Red River Rivalry, myself. But uh, I guess that's bad. I guess that's not cool either. So you know, no,
1: the hey. worst one is Showdown. When they added no. Showdown, it was very stupid. It and, was, uh, and I I don't recognize it. I don't support it. Hey,
2: speaking of stupid, how about that 2020 Red River game?
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's get to the point here. <laughs> um, the Red River game uh, this last weekend, Oklahoma wins in four overtimes, fifty three to forty five. In a game that was 31 to 17 with four minutes left, uh, Max, where do we even start with this thing?
2: Yeah, that I, I'll start here. My feeling throughout that game, and even at the end of it, was that, and I'm curious what you thought from watching it live in the press box. Those were not the two best teams in the Big 12.
1: Oh my God, no!
2: Not right now, at least. Not Can Oklahoma goes. get there? Oklahoma could get there. Texas, it's going to take it's going to take a lot of work, but Right now, those are not the two best teams in the Big Twelve. Like Iowa no. State, K State, um, Oklahoma State have all all looked better than them so far. It yeah. was just like you know the story ends up becoming the four overtimes and the absolute craziness of all that. But you remember, man, for th- three quarters it was you know um, you know wacky sacks. It was all these. It was just all these big mistakes and blunders on on both sides of the ball, and it was uh, it was hard to believe.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I thought they were
2: evenly matched teams, but I didn't think they'd both make that many mistakes.
1: I mean, yeah, between the penalties and uh, the, you know, Lincoln Riley pulls Spencer Rattler, which honestly, that was a uh, that was a holy shit moment. It was in my. my I think we both tweeted holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa, Lincoln Riley just pulled Spencer Rattler, and after the game, he said, "Well, I just wanted him to calm down." No, no, no! I don't think that's it. I think if Mordecai had played better, Mordecai would have stayed in the game. Don't you? Yeah, I,
2: I think so. That was threatening for a moment there to be a real like Tanner Mordecai takes the job and never gives it up situation. But then Texas couldn't take advantage either, right? They couldn't. They couldn't pounce on him. So it. I mean, that's just the. That's just the one of many special special moments in that game. I. I golly. What was your favorite of all the bloopers?
1: Oh, my God. Um, well, I look, it has to be the, clock, the big 12 officials. Expl- clock please explain it.
2: the clock thing to anybody, especially like on the Texas side that didn't really follow this.
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing. I don't blame anyone for not noticing it because I didn't notice it in the moment. It wasn't until hours after the game that people started tweeting it at me. Um, so what happened is uh, Texas snapped the ball. Um, with around six minutes or so to a little bit more than six minutes ago on a third and four Sam Ellinger runs the ball runs out of bounds they rule that he'd gotten the first down when he stepped out of bounds the clock was at 557 they reset the sticks they reset the whatever they started the clock it got down to 550 before they decided to review whether or not Ellinger had reached the first down marker or not and then they determined that he hadn't and then Somehow they decided to reset the clock to 636, which I don't even know how they came up with that number. I Like with as many people as work in these games on both sides who are supposed to be watching the clock, how did they mess that up? How did they come up with 636? Lincoln Riley claims that he argued this on the sideline, but I would argue, I don't know that he argued it hard enough. I mean, they added 39 seconds to the game. In a game that Texas tied to send to overtime yes. with 14 seconds. To yeah. Play. Yeah.
2: That's. And,
1: and then the of big course 12, it took the, the way, big
2: 12 a little while to acknowledge this.
1: Yeah. I sent an email to the big 12 office around nine in the morning on Sunday. And I got an answer at around 7 PM on Monday. And it really wasn't even much of an answer. It was just, we acknowledged there was an error. Yeah. There's no indication if there's any disciplinary action for the, uh, for the offici- for that crew. Um, no explanation of how it happened, which is really what I want to know more than anything. Because of all the things that officials need to get right, the clock is like pretty high up that list, I would think.
2: I would think so. I I think, I think the combination in overtime—I can't remember which overtime—of Cameron Dicker getting his field goal blocked and Gabe Burkett missing <laughs> was one of those like, oh, what the <laughs> hell is going on today? You know? Oh, and, all, and, and look, I I thought Tom Herman should have gone for two in one of those two spots there towards the end. Ultimately, Texas had to play Oklahoma for another, literally like real time, like another hour, like like 50 to minutes to an hour. So do you really think you can outlast Oklahoma if you tack an extra hour onto a game? Like I think you have to go for the kill. Maybe, you know, since they had to go for two against Texas Tech, maybe they kind of already burned their two-point play um, and didn't have
1: something they really liked there. But
2: boy, that... But
1: you know what? I, I, would, I would argue with that. You don't have to be creative. If you're Texas... For a two point play. When you got the quarterback that
2: runs the outside sweep like that. Yeah. It's
1: very simple. Either one of us could have made that call and it would have worked. It would have worked. Texas would have won the game if they'd gone for two. I have no doubt about it.
2: And that was one of those games where it's like both both teams really deserve to lose. And so it's like whoever like whoever wins it gets to say, like like Lincoln Riley did say like, Oh, that was an incredible game. That was a historic game. Like we're, you know, we're a tough team that finds a way to win and stuff. And then the losers just absolutely depressed, which is what we've seen in, in Austin. And we'll get to that with one more uh, yeah. later on. But um, if you flip it, it'd be, it'd be different, right? You, you know, it would be a complete meltdown this week in, in Norman and Texas mm-hmm. would say, wow, we've got the best quarterback and and we're the, we're the toughest team in the conference, you know?
1: And instead, Oh, you stopped the bleeding. They didn't lose three straight games for the first time. I would assume since the John Blake years, I, didn't even look that up and uh, and yeah there would be a pretty big meltdown but instead OU writes the ship at least for one week and maybe and now it's an off week we'll we'll talk way more about Oklahoma and Texas uh later in the pod with Anwar Richardson from Orange Bloods uh who's going to join us to talk about the game about the state of Texas football and uh about the eyes of Texas controversy that has kind of taken over that campus right now. yes it has yeah but uh, we'll get into that later, Max. Let's talk about the let's talk about the uh, the better teams. Let's talk about the upper tier of the Big that's Twelve. Right.
2: Let's talk about shall we the top tier of Big Twelve teams? Yes, please.
1: Well, where do you want to start? Let's start with Kansas State. I I, I think that's a good place. I think so that's they, I think that's where we got to go. Yeah, Kansas State beats TCU, a team that I just last week said was going to make the Big Twelve championship yeah, game. Did. So, yeah, my predictions, by the way, are pretty damn terrible. Yeah, us just. Be clear.
2: Whatever the but, opposite of crushing it is, that's what that's what you're doing right now yeah. with the picks. Yeah.
1: Um, however, Kansas State uh, goes, beats TCU with a freshman quarterback. Max, without Skylar Thompson, I really wasn't sure they had a chance to win this game. And they win it with true freshman Will Howard. You you uh, are pretty plugged in with that program. I mean, what do you make of Kansas State right now?
2: Yeah, it's a fascinating spot for them. Um, Chris Kleiman acknowledged on Monday that Skylar Thompson's out for the season. Um, with an upper body injury. They have not really revealed what that injury is or what the timetable for return is. Um, And they don't really want to go down the road of talking about whether Skylar Thompson, the the senior quarterback, will return in 2021. They're going to kind of cross that bridge when they get to it. Um, And certainly you hope that whenever he comes back from his injury, you hope he can be the same kind of player uh, if he wants to come back. But um, it definitely shakes up, I think, expectations a little bit for Kansas State. Uh, they've looked so good uh, ever since uh, that Oklahoma game um, and, and, and the way they bounced back from losing to Arkansas state. Will Howard's an interesting player. Um, there's they like this coaching staff has already said he's a true freshman, but they say they think he has the it factor three-star kid from Pennsylvania, six four, two thirty. 230 They kind of have some Colin Kleinness to him in the way he plays um, an early enrollee, but, but didn't get to go through spring ball. So this kid's still really learning on the go. And, um, I thought he, he handled things pretty well, considering if your first start's going to go be, you know, a Gary Patterson defense that you know um, is going to delight in trying to confuse you and, and, and pressure you. Um, you know, they, they escape with the win. So pretty pretty impressive there for KC. For what did you think of uh, – kind of how do you size up that team that you've, you've seen them live now? And um, certainly I think we both have a ton of respect for where they're going.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've said this now maybe a couple times on the podcast. I – the thing about Kansas State is you can never underestimate them, and um, this is a team I, I love. Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn is one of my mm-hmm. favorite players to watch. Uh, he is he is so much fun. He's, he's and, now
2: fourth in the country in total yards, and that I half mean, of it's receiving. I mean he's he's, he's been killing. He's unbelievable. He's yeah. unbelievable. Um, yeah.
1: And uh, I cannot wait to see where his career goes. I mean the guy has you know played in four game three or. Four games, I guess. Four games, now. yeah. In his, right. in his whole career, and he already looks like one of the best players in the league. So I love that. I think their defense is tough. I mean, this is a, this is a team, I think, do, does Skylar Thompson, losing him for the season, in your mind, does that make them less likely, I, I guess maybe less likely to win, to get to the Big 12 championship game? But at this point, they've played two really tough games already and yep. won both of them. They, they've got... They've got a little bit of a leg up right now in the Big 12 race, don't they?
2: Yeah, they. That's for sure. They've they've got some really quality wins right now too. And I think, especially as we get into, you know, if it comes down to tiebreakers and stuff, if you've got a head to head over OU and TCU, I think that could be really really valuable. You know, I think I you know it's it's a big ask for Will Howard to get them on a roll here. But I thought his first game against TCU was solid. He ran for 86 yards and a touchdown, so it's not like the offense had to change a whole lot around him. Using uh, losing Joshua Youngblood this week to the transfer portal is is a big hit for their receiving core and their special teams. But um I think that I you know, they're really happy with just the the how maturely he's playing. Um, that his command and his confidence so far and and what Chris Kleiman has said this week is that you know, everybody on their team needs to kind of raise their level of play around him. That you look at the schedule here, and they're you know, they've got this idle week to get um get Will Howard, you know, more caught up. Then they play Kansas, and then they go to Morgantown, and that's um, you know if you can if they can win that one, and that, we know that's a really tough tough ask for everybody this year. Um, then they're kind of they're kind of rolling. There's going to be a lot of hype on this K State team, and then they go play uh, Oklahoma State, which I think becomes uh, depending on if Oklahoma State can get past Iowa State, it becomes a really really pivotal game for the Big Twelve race here. So um, I think there's a good enough team around Will Howard. Um, that I don't don't think this team is like losing faith here and going to fall off too much.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: and I would never expect Kansas state to do that anyway. Um, yeah, uh, just, I mean, because like I've said, it just doesn't seem to matter who the coach is. They're they're just going to be a a really tough team for for anybody to beat. And this year, you know, they're, they're already three and Oh, uh, three and Oh in the big 12. Now, as far as TCU goes, I mean, they have this big high after beating Texas. Uh, they look like one of the upper tier teams in the league and maybe they still are a team that can make the big 12 championship game, but, uh, obviously get brought back to, brought back down to earth a little bit by the wildcats.
2: Yeah. And that's, you know, it's tough when you, you have to bring in Matthew Danny and, and get a pick six there. And that ends up being kind of the difference in the final score. Um, you know, you, you hope that Max Duggan can, can stay healthy, but this is, you know, TCU might be the best example so far of kind of where, where this conference is at. Right. I mean, I think that they played a really close game against Iowa state. They played a really good close game, uh, against K State, and they played a. They survived a close one against Texas, and so um, I kind of think that's where they're at. I, I don't know um, that they're going to be blowing teams out in this conference. I, I, they, I'm, I'm sure they can still improve, but um, that's why I keep calling them the wild card team of the conference because they can beat a lot of teams. But um, they, you know, when the, the quarterback play is not where it needs to be, like that um, in that game, um, you come back down to earth for sure.
1: Um, on to another three and Big Twelve team. The Iowa State Cyclones, another 3-0 Big 12 team that started off the season with a loss to a Sunbelt team, and everybody wrote them off, and here they are to have the Big 12 and Brees Hall. Uh, I, I don't have any real hesitation in saying that right now. I don't know. If, I'm assuming you agree with me.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Ever since the U game I've been I've been saying that. Do you, where's your confidence level? Like, do you think are you a believer now Iowa State can be a Big Twelve title yes, title contender?
1: I absolutely am, and I wasn't after that first week. After that first week, I think I probably reacted the way a lot of people did, which is, oh well, once again we hyped up Iowa State and they go out and lose a game that, that they should win in, in the opener. But uh, but i man, they, they've been extremely impressive and they, they look like a formidable team. They I mean they beat OU, I think, pretty thoroughly. I mean, I know the final score was seven and OU was in that game, but yeah. um, really from from the middle of the third quarter, I'd say, on, it felt like Iowa State was in pretty firm control of that game. So absolutely, um, they've got great players. They've got a good quarterback, um, big, tough receivers, I, I, and they've got a pretty good defense. I mean, I, I don't know what's not to like about this Iowa State team right
2: now. Yeah, I, I thought the, the performance against Texas Tech, the thing that really stood out, um is it's I mean, just looking at the box score on Monday, it, you know, and, and and Matt Wells brought this up on the Big Twelve Teleconference, but um they held Texas Tech to nineteen plays on offense in the first half. And unbelievable. Uh, you know, Iowa State's offense was on the field for twenty three or thirty minutes in the first half. Part of that I'm I'm sure Texas Tech fans are frustrated with um with Yost and with Alan Bowman, who it looks like could be getting benched here in the near future for Henry Columbia. We'll see how that situation plays out, but that's, it's a reminder that this Iowa State defense, um, on its best days, can can really smother you, can really frustrate you. And obviously, you look at the final score of that game. I mean, a blocked field goal return is is um, you know was kind of the big early play for Texas Tech. But other than that, you you didn't see Iowa State's defense let up at all. And so, yeah, Texas Tech's working through some issues uh, offensively right now, but um, it's an Iowa State team that's certainly becoming a lot more complete. And uh, boy, they're going to be a problem.
1: And, you know, uh, Iowa State's next game to have knocked off three of the, the considered top, top-tier top teams in the league. Uh, postponed this, Baylor, pushed back to December 12th. Now we've got to wait and see when the Big 12 championship game will be. Oklahoma State's got to go, like, three weeks without a game. Um, we're starting to, you know, and we've already seen it a little bit with Baylor, but... Um, we've
2: already seen it a lot a bit with g- Baylor. Yeah, it's... G-
1: COVID-19 is still a thing and it's not going away.
2: That's a, that's a bold prediction on your part. I think it's, I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. Um, Oklahoma State, it's, it's interesting to, I I don't know what to make of if a team having 20 days off like this. Not, they don't literally have 20 days off. They're, they're practicing and all that. But um, it's an interesting problem for Mike Gundy and his staff because, you know, certainly the upside is you get Spencer Sanders, hundred percent, give him more time to, get practice reps and, and get back to playing at a high level. You get, you you get your guys healthy, you know, hopefully you don't deal with any COVID cases and stuff like that. Um, and it gives you time to work ahead a little bit. I think for this Oklahoma state staff, uh, you know, kind of having these back to back, you know, bye weeks here with Iowa state, Texas and K state coming up for them. So they, they, this is the defining stretch coming up here. Um, but do you, you know, do you think a team loses a little momentum when they take that many, when they go that long without playing a game?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would think so. I, I would think that that would would have an impact on on Oklahoma State. I mean, and and I you know I I don't want to harp on the things that happened over the summer, but this is a program that's been through a lot and a lot of turmoil and a lot of unknowns, and um, you know they still to me pretty, pretty
2: resilient so far. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, a lot's been asked of them for sure. Yeah, uh,
1: absolutely. And so um, I I still think they're v- very capable of winning the Big Twelve. I still think. I may they're perhaps even the favorite to win the Big Twelve right now. Would you say?
2: I mean, yeah, they're a top ten team. Yeah. I think they're playing defense better than anybody in the league at this point. Yeah, I think Mike Gunny knows that they they're the real challenges are the, these next couple of games, and that will really kind of define just how good they are. But um, this is this is part of what what makes this season so unusual is um, you know the the breaks we're seeing now, and and obviously it's continued today. I think the rest of the country is kind of. Kind of getting to see that this is not going away. When you have, you know, Florida LSU called off today, Missouri Vanderbilt called off in the SEC. Now Lane Kiffin says, you know, Ole Miss is de- is dealing with a bunch of cases. I mean, this is going to keep keep occurring, and it's never intentional. And it's always always unfortunate. But um, I think in this conference, um, you know, certainly certainly we're already starting to see. Okay, they they reserved the December twelfth date. In case they had to reschedule games. Now we've already booked one game for that date. Exactly. And uh, Jason, you you know what happens if they move it to uh, the following weekend, right?
1: If they if they move it,
2: if they if they go to December nineteenth, you know what what problem they run into then, right?
1: I sure do, Max.
2: Yeah I, this this December nineteenth date it, it's fascinated me since the Big Twelve schedule came together because there's already a Cowboys Niners game scheduled at AT and T Stadium for that Sunday, and There's also Texas high school state championships over that weekend at that stadium. So I don't know if they, you know, the, the option that was talked about before the season was, was potentially moving that game to the Rangers ballpark globe life. Um, I don't know if it's going to come to that. I also don't know. Maybe, I mean, I would think at this point, Oklahoma state Baylor is definitely going to factor into who's playing in the big 12 title game. Don't you think
1: I would? Yeah, absolutely. We've already established Oklahoma state's probably the best team in the the favorite to win the league right now. So yeah. And I would and think unless, even if
2: they were like two games up, I would think you'd still want to play that game. Don't you? I I, I don't know that you would just, I mean, they need the inventory. They're not just going to cancel a game just because Oklahoma State's already locked for the title game. I wouldn't
1: think. No. Well, certainly not because you still have playoff implications to consider. What if Oklahoma State loses yeah. to be, loses Bedlam, but then wins out the rest of their games. They've clinched a spot in the big 12 title game. They want another resume builder. You need,
2: so. you need all the data points because you lost the non-conference. So yeah, it's so it, that, now that we, we you kind of reserve that date as a just in case for the big 12. And now we've already needed to tap into that here in the middle of October. So um curious to see how many more games get pushed back there. Um, and hopefully, you know, we haven't talked about Baylor yet, but I mean, it's, it's certainly unfortunate for their, um, you know, for their football program, for their coaching staff, Dave Aranda has been trying to handle this the right way the whole time. And, You know the numbers that came out Monday: twenty-eight cases on their football roster, fourteen staffers also positive, and um, you know ninety percent of the the cases in their athletic department right now are are people who are symptomatic. So um, no practice this week; they're out of the building. Um, I don't. I we'll see what happens with Baylor Texas next week, but it's it's really unfortunate, and and it's I know it's easy for people to to get upset about this stuff, but it's also hard to pinpoint how that happened, you know?
1: Right. I mean, because, yeah, it, I don't think that this is necessarily a sign that Baylor has been any more irresponsible than any other program or anything no, like I that. So. I mean, because all it takes is one person doing one thing that they shouldn't do or coming into contact with one person that's positive, and then they take it back to the to the locker room. And, so, and I mean, in this
2: case, what they've said is, you know, Mac Rhodes has said that potentially this is a matter of, a player taking an antigen test on Friday and getting a, a false negative. And that may have, you know, lead right. to it spreading, which look, the, with the antigen tests, I, I don't know if people know this, but there's about a three three or 4% chance that you can get a false negative. And so the odds of this are pretty, pretty slim, but it can happen. And then it, you, you see it go spread through a locker room and look, man, I mean, if this happened in the big 10, that would get you shut down for three weeks, you know, basically a month. So um, it's, I think we're, as, as we're seeing in the SEC this week, like this is here to stay this
1: chaos. Yeah. So, uh, you really, really feel bad for Baylor, feel bad for Dave Aranda, feel bad for those players, their fans, all of that. I mean, this, this can't be easy. And, uh, and we hope they certainly hope they, they can get, get back can going, recover. Yeah,
2: get absolutely. back going
1: here soon because, uh, because I don't think Baylor has a bad team. I really don't. I don't think they have a bad team at all. So um, the, the, we'll, hopefully we'll get that it's, sorted of. Yeah, out. it's
2: still really been it's been tough to get a good read on Baylor. And yeah, just, with no non-conference game and all that, and you add this to it. Um, you know, if, if they do go play Texas this week, I, you know how much are they at, at full strength? And um, you know, it's it's a it's a tough it's a very tough year to be a new head coach, and this 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 just adds to it. So yeah, like we said, hopefully hopefully they can recover and and get back to action here.
1: Well, we're going to get again to our uh, interview with Anwar Richardson from Orange Bloods here soon. To talk a little bit more about what's going on at Texas, but we do have one Big Twelve game this week to talk about: Kansas at West Virginia, and uh, we're going to make our picks. Unfortunately, I prefer it. Can we just stop doing picks, Max? Is that well, something
2: let's, can- let's let let's let the listeners hear the the, the record here. Um, so must we? I'm currently nine and four. I went two and one last week. I took Oklahoma minus two. That worked out for me. Um, last week, Jason, you went one and two, and, and your record now is is five and eight.
1: The good thing is, is that I'll only this week. I'm going to be wrong. Whatever I say is going to be wrong. I'm pretty sure, just because that's how it's been. At least I only dropped one one game. You do
2: love picking Kansas as a three touchdown underdog to to cover. So this is a pretty it's a pretty exciting spot for you.
1: Now do um, I do it again? Do I do I do it again?
2: You know, or should our listeners? You know, I don't know. Should our listeners start betting on the picks I'm making, or start betting against the picks that you've been making? You know, what's the better play?
1: Well, I'm five and eight. You're nine and four. I'd say it's probably a little bit better to go with you than against me.
2: But it might be more fun for them to root against you. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, we're thinking about sure. So this week we've got Kansas at West Virginia. West Virginia is a twenty-two and a half point favorite, and. We have a Kansas football team uh, whose head coach Les Miles is uh, not totally available. Um, he is he is dealing with COVID, um, and we certainly hope that he uh, can get can get recovered and get healthy. Um, but he's he's able to do zooms, but he's not able to coach during practices. They've said that that Les Miles, you know, we're taping this on Wednesday, so we'll see. But they've said Les Miles should be you know kind of cleared after after you know. Uh, Isolating for ten days to go coach this game, I don't know about that. But uh, what what do you make of this game and what uh, what the Jayhawks can do against the the a tough road game there in Morgantown?
1: Well, I I would like to propose that we get a Hugh Freeze in a hospital bed type situation. Set up Ooh. for, for less Miles. Put him in a, in a room by himself in the get press box. Get him in a box. big
2: box up there. Yep. Yeah,
1: and let, let him coach from up there, you know. Um, let's just get weird, man. This is a weird year. I, I want things to be as weird as possible. Um, I, I'm actually I that joking. Has some I, have, I have no idea if that would be even remotely safe. So um, don't take anything I said uh, seriously.
2: I know that was last season, but it was a very long time ago at this point. That's... I know.
1: It feels like it was two or three years ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, 2020 sucks. All 2020 right, does suck. <laughs> 2020 does uh, suck. 2020.
2: What do you What do you make of this game?
1: Well, I was going to 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 have the Jayhawks cover here until you made fun of me about it, and uh, you know what? I'm going to stick with it. I'm sticking with it. I still think West okay. Virginia wins the game, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Jayhawks to cover just because it's you know it's kind of my thing.
2: How close do you think it's going to be?
1: Not that close. Not that
2: okay. Close. So you think it's like a two-score game, but they don't cover,
1: or or a three-score game? It could be twenty-one points, and they could still cover.
2: That's a big number. That's a big number. It's a big number. Okay. Um, I'm going to take West Virginia. I think we're seeing them play pretty good defense right now, um, and it's just kind of it's just it's hard this year with with so many teams in the Big Twelve um, going into it with with a pretty clear quarterback situation. That's changed a little bit the last couple of weeks, but. It's just hard to know what we're going to get from Kansas' quarterback uh, play, and um, that's that's pretty important, especially when you're trying to play from behind a lot of times. Um, I, I I think West Virginia uh, does take care of business, and I think I think they cover. I think I think I know twenty two and a half is a lot, but I think I think West Virginia covers. Yeah, well, that's so, probably uh, going
1: to be correct. So if you're putting we money put on the some,
2: state? I mean, should we put some like wager on this or between
1: ourselves? Alright, here's what I want to, here, here's what I want from you, Max, if I win. I want some of I want you to the next time I see you to bring me some of that was it, that vanilla beer that you had the last time we saw each other.
2: Oh I, yeah. That's what I want.
1: I want a six pack of that. What was that what is that stuff? That was so good.
2: Yeah. Okay. The uh, you're talking about the infusion vanilla bean blonde from here in the the fine state of Nebraska.
1: That's the one. That's the okay. one. I'm, I'm a big vanilla guy. I, I I think that the flavor is amazing. And I like anything vanilla. I find it deeply offensive that we've allowed in this society for vanilla to mean bland or boring. Uh, it's actually one of my major pet peeves. So, I'm with you on that. So, sure. so so yeah, that's what I want. What do you want?
2: All right. I'll, we'll, I, well, we'll figure out a six pack. But yes, I will definitely take a six pack from down in your, your neck of the woods. That sounds good.
1: Uh, maybe get you some Coop F Five. It's good. That's that's a good local Oklahoma City beer.
2: Okay. So. All right. Whatever you think you're the best, the best of the best around there. I like the Prairie, the Prairie beers. You ever yeah. have those? Yeah, those
1: are good. Yeah, we got some good. We uh, got some ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here in Oklahoma, so we'll do that. We'll do that. But that vanilla bean blonde, outstanding. Outstanding. Okay. Is that I Omaha or is that Lincoln? Bit. That's Omaha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that that is that's great stuff. So let's do that. All right, now let's move into our interview with Anwar Richardson, who covers the Texas Longhorns for Orange Bloods. Anwar, welcome to the show. Let's start here. For those of us who aren't in the state of Texas right now, can you explain the controversy going on right now with the eyes of Texas?
3: It's just—it's this hot topic because it's interesting that coming off of a loss to OU in 15 overtimes where Tom Herman falls to 1-4 and four versus Lincoln Riley in 2-2 two two on the season. The only thing anyone's talking about right now is the eyes of Texas, um, which tells you where, where this program is. You know, essentially the school song, um, that long story short that uh, you know it's kind of been an issue on campus for years it kind of became a big thing over the summer where players started saying they didn't want partic- to participate in the song as kind of introduced many years ago through minstrels and because of some of those the, the racial connections there players just decided they did not want to participate in it um, some people talk, talked about boycotting the season and, you know at a while eventually kind of cooler heads prevailed and in a weird sort of way, that the university tried to reach some sort of agreement where, over the summer, they agreed to you know donate money to a lot of initiatives for. Um, like social justices and uh, they decided they are going to rename the field for Earl Campbell Ricky Williams and uh, erect some statues so I think from the administrative standpoint they thought the whole issue was done. The only thing that they did not do was re- once again address the eyes of Texas, the school song and so what's happening now is that you have players, white and black, by the way, because people have made this into a, a black issue, white and black, who have walked off the field and are not participating in the song. And what it is, it is the thing where, like, the everybody, the players, fans, all together... Used to sing it, you know, the hook, you know, throwing the hookem sign up, and it was for the, the fans. It was kind of their connection to the players. That was like a, kind of like the conduit uh, that always happened, and that was kind of taken away. Where they're trying to sing the song, and, and players are walking off the field or not participating in it, and so now this whole thing is kind of bubbled to the surface, and you just got a lot, a lot of ticked off folks, like a lot of ticked off UT fans who are upset to feel like their traditions being lost. You got players who are like. I ain't participating. And so there has to be this this compromise struck once again, uh, to get everybody on board because you just have people pissed off about losing their tradition.
2: Anwar, I, I didn't go to Texas. I know you didn't go to Texas. So it you know, I don't personally have that that connection uh, to that song where it means a lot to me. So I'm I'm curious, are are you surprised that it's come to this that this has become kind of a season altering issue?
3: Yes. I am. And, you know, it's interesting, Max, because when this whole thing happened, I thought like everything there would be some people were upset and like eventually everybody moves on. Or if they didn't participate, I didn't really think it would be a huge deal. So I I just thought, all right, it's happening. It's happened. It's all good. You know, everyone to move on. But what what's happening and I I kind of wrote this thing on Sunday and where I understand is that the people who sing the song, this is a song here in Texas where, They sing this this eyes of texas song at weddings right it's been performed at funerals i've heard i've heard this from people right people teach this song to their kids and and it's handed down from one generation to another so you know let's just call it what it is so the white people who don't feel like the song is racist and they don't feel like they're being racist Mm -hmm. are very resentful that this tradition is being taken away from them. Uh, and there's black folks who are like, and again, black and white, because it's just, you know, the football team gets all the publicity. Sure. But it happened in volleyball. You have cheerleaders who aren't throwing up the hook'em sign after after games and or participating in the song. You have band members who have complained and said they don't want to participate in it. So um, I, am sh- I am shocked, Max, that it has become uh, to, to a head where it seems like, I mean, honestly, Max, I feel like if they don't get something done, this week heading into next week's Baylor game at home. I would not be shocked if fans were booing. I would not be shocked if you're starting to hear that kind of, that kind of vitriol coming from folks because people, people are really mad.
2: How's it going on the message board this week?
3: <laughs> Again, it is, I mean, they want everyone fired, right? So, I mean, the good part is they don't want me fired, but yeah, I mean, they want, they want the athletic director, Chris Connie fired. They're pissed off at Tom Herman. Um, and, you know, they're, they're pissed off at the president. You know, look, I, at the end of the day, I think there's a compromise to be made here. There's a compromise that, that could be, you know, had here. You know, unfortunately what happens, but the players were told in the summer, you know, by Chris Delcani and others that they did not have to participate. They, that, that's what was communicated with them. They, so to their knowledge, it was good. And I don't think the administration even thought it was going to be that big of a deal, they just thought the fans could do it. Players didn't have to. Um, but message boards have been on fire. Um, people are very, very upset, uh, very angry. And you know, message boards, as you know, Max, is it's not just the person sitting in their basement eating Cheetos. Um, you know, yelling at mom to give us some meatloaf. Like these are legit people, right? These, we got, these got some people. regents,
2: we got some governors, <laughs> got, we got yes. we got some people on there,
3: Yes, who like to hide under their aliases. Right. But um, yeah, there, there's a there's a lot of things, but I think if a compromise can be made, I think if if you tell the players like, hey, view it like this. This is like in some ways, it's almost like sometimes you don't. If you if you don't believe in God, but someone else is saying a prayer. You don't walk out the room, right? Just out of respect for what they're doing and that tradition, this and that. And what you have to communicate to the players, like, I get your thought process behind this. I get that it's going to be reviewed and they're going to have some findings that come out in January. But this is where I also feel, Max, it's important for the coaches to have a good enough relationship with the players where you can say, hey, man, I need you to do me a solid. Like, I know you guys ain't down with this. I know you don't want to sing it. But man, they want my ass. Well, like, and, this on is, my
2: and, ass. and you know, I, I thought it was interesting, but my Jones pointed out this week, he's like, look, of, of the two bad choices here, he's like, Herman probably should stand with the team because if he loses the team, yes. then you lose the job. Right. But it's an impossible <coughs> yes. situation because you can't there's not really until like you said, if there's one compromise that can be reached here, you know, in, in lieu of that, like there's not
3: one statement and solution that can be made that satisfies all parties. No, um, but if you're if you're Tom Herman, this is you got to so one, you gotta satisfy your boss. Yep. And so you can't go against your boss and, and throw him under the bus and say, hey, dudes have told the players they didn't have to perform. So I don't know why everyone's tripping. So you can't do that. But then if you're Tom and you start going against the players and you start banging the table and saying, Man, you guys have got to get out there for this, then they're gonna say, Well, screw you, Tom, and then you lose the locker room. And so if you're Tom, at this point, you gotta say, All right if the fans are pissed at me, my boss is not happy, That's one thing. But at the end of the day, I've got to coach these guys. And if they hate me and they not they're not willing to ride with me, but like, I've got no shot. Like I'm already in a little bit of a hot seat. The last thing I can do is lose the entire locker room. As a,
2: as a natural people pleaser, this is a nightmare to me. If I were in that
3: position. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one.
1: Yeah. No, I, I wanted to bring back to what you, you mentioned earlier, what you wrote on Sunday, um your your column leads off and i'd encourage everyone to go read it on, on orange bloods you you lead off with texas athletic direct failing at his job i mean you seem to uh be placing this on his shoulders why do you think he's failing why do you think chris del is failing
3: well I, it, there's tons of reasons i'll, I'll start um Before we get to the eyes of Texas, you know, after the Sugar Bowl season, Chris Delcani decided to give Tom Herman an extension, a two-year extension. He didn't have to do that. Um, He was bidding against himself. He got caught up in the moment. Um, He got caught up in the, the, you know, Texas is back type of thing um, and decided to give him an extension. And realistically, if Chris Delcani doesn't get caught up in that moment and doesn't give him an extension, Tom Herman only has one more year left on his contract. At that point, if they wanted to make a move after this season, they're free and clear to do that. But now they had not only have the following season, but they added on two more years to that. So now you're talking about $19 million after the season that Tom Herman is owed. So if, from that standpoint, it was totally unnecessary. All, all throughout the summer, Chris gave – boosters and fans these false hopes of what the stadium numbers might look like he's the first guy that's like 100 percent stadiums going to be full to capacity and then he had to keep knocking it down and knocking it down and you had a fan base that was like man don't don't, you know don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining like just keep it real and keep it honest so you know he didn't do a good job with that and then as it relates to this eyes of texas thing Again, he, this was something that once this deal was struck, and I, I don't know what to call it other than a settlement agreement, but after the players were upset and kind of laid out their list of demands, the, the university came back and said, these are all the things that we're going to do for you. These are all the incentives that we're going to do for you. And only thing that had to be done at that point is all they had to say was, okay, fellas, are we good? Are we good? So we're good for the eyes. Of, we're not give, removing the eyes of Texas, but hey, are we good as far as you guys being out there? They didn't do that. And what it is, it's like, it's like getting divorced and then after all the paperwork's signed, going to your wife and saying, hey, so what about that couch? And she's like, no, 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 no. Paperwork's been signed. You ain't getting the couch. You're like, but but I want the couch. you are like, nah, you got to go back to the negotiating table if you want that couch. So what I'm saying is they, they did all these things negotiated the settlement, but didn't make sure that the players were good or come up with some some sort of understanding of how it was going to be done. Essentially, in the in the first game, what they did was, as soon as the game ended versus UTEP, they immediately played the song. Which, what typically happens is everyone goes into the end zone uh, or a sp- specific section, and the players then go out there and everyone sings together, and they rushed it. And, pe- and fans were like, what the hell is this? Again, you didn't have to do that. Yeah they've had no conversations with the players to get them on board. And so now what I'm hearing is that they're going to have a, try to have a conversation with them on Thursday. uh, And hopefully that goes well. Um, But that's what I'm saying. Like the the communication standpoint uh, and I get, I get it. Race is a tough thing to discuss. Like people get uncomfortable when it's it's time to talk about race, racial issues. So I get that maybe there's a part of Chris Del that he did not want to force Mm -hmm. uh, the issue, but He had to understand and probably did not understand that losing that tradition was going to matter to a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people who also have money. Which, by the way, there's there's another factor in this, too. It's like Crystal County, you know, the South End Zone project that they're doing, it's like the renovation. Max can tell you all about it, but essentially they're connecting the South End Zone. So they took a lot of pledges at the beginning of the year. Well, the bill is due on those pledges in December, <laughs> and so and here, it's 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 not a cheap project. No, it's it's a, how much is it max? Is about a hun a honey? I oh, mean, Jesus, look this up. look go look it up to be specific. I'll filibuster until you get there. Um, but yeah, if you're connecting a pro, uh, things that aren't existing, um, it's not cheap. And so now. Christel Connie has got to go to people with deep pockets with I think, a lot I think of money.
2: 175 million, I think, is where oh where they
3: landed. Yeah. So now, now, Jason, Max, you got to go to those people who are really pissed off about losing their tradition and say, "Hey, can I have some money?" You know? And, and they're like, "Oh, well, but what about our song?" And so that's when people start, even when they start talking about like the Urban Meyer dream that they may have. You can't even go to those people. You got to first get the money for your end zone project because you can't have that be empty. And then when you start talking about your, if you want to coach, you can't, that's a, lot, a whole lot of money to ask for for people who are really pissed off at you. It's a lot of money. In in the middle of budget
2: cuts, right? And layoffs Correct. and all that. I mean, it's wild. Correct.
3: And yeah, and then, you know, from the university, but again, for the big money people, oil and that hasn't really had the greatest year. Everybody else's companies have been haven't been doing so great. So you're asking a lot and and, and so that's why Chris is you know, kind of been hiding behind the scenes. I don't think he knows what to say other than try to talk to these players on Thursday and hope for like hell they get on board so they can go back to the fun stuff that he likes to do like the fundraising. But right now uh, he's he's you know that's why I say he's been failing at his job.
1: Well, let's let's talk about this game that we covered. Uh, uh, over the weekend. I, a game? Yeah, I forgot I know, about I that. are <laughs> <laughs> talking about a game?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Seems like five I weeks mean, ago. Yeah. I, I don't know
1: that any of us really expected it to turn out quite like that. Uh, the, 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 the momentum shifts, the back and forth, the mistakes, the quarterback being benched, the punter getting a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty um all the penalties i mean just it was just a a a massive clock error that could have made a huge difference had texas won i mean how do you even begin to describe the game that we saw this week man
3: Man, a blown opportunity for texas Mm -hmm. you know the big thing i've said going into the season is if you can't beat oklahoma to win the big 12 championship this year Uh, when it's probably a down year for Oklahoma if you can't win this with Sam Ellinger as a four-year starter uh, you know in this conference and this in this in this career if you can't do it in a down year for the conference I don't know when it happens I I just don't know when I don't know if it can line up much better you know for you even within that game of, of things that you're you know you're talking about like I think simplistically, like like Lincoln Riley, who I view as a genius of a coach, like I put him on a high pedestal. This season, he's made some decisions where I've just questioned, like you know, the throwing the the ball right, with about two minutes left on third down yeah. and not running out the clock. Like if you if you just try to just run the ball and run some time off the clock, you don't give Texas two minutes to, to inevitably tie up the game. But I think the blown opportunities for Texas, not going for two, you know, either before um, the end of regulation or in overtime when you know you were going to have to go for two anyway, um, that kind of blown opportunity. You talk about, like, the, the lack of discipline from, from the punt. I mean, what do punters do dumb things? You know, it just there, – there was so many opportunities from the opening – uh, uh, first possession for Texas, like fumbling, you know, Keontae Ingram fumbles and you're like, oh my God, like there's so many blown opportunities that are here. And I look at a Texas team that that sits at two and two, that should realistically be one and three. Uh, they, they, You can't take away Texas Tech, it happened, it's a win. But realistically, this is a team that should probably be zero and three in the conference. This is a team that is probably fortunate to be two and two. And I just don't know, you know, when you ask me what I think about, I think of it as a blown on the outside, looking in as far as, you know, the Big 12, as far as getting back to the Big 12 championship game, they essentially would have to run the table uh, for the next six games. But if I saw something in the first four that made me think it's possible, I would say potentially. But I don't know if they can fix it, those, those problems and correct it. I'm not convinced that Oklahoma will continue to struggle. This could be a turning point for Oklahoma in their season. And that's the other thing, a blown opportunity. To your point, Jason, they bench. I mean, they bench your starting quarterback, usually that is the sign of surrender. That is the white flag, like, man, we don't know what's going on. And you allowed him to come back in the second half and get stronger as the game went along. I just view it as a blown opportunity.
2: You know, Anwar, um, Texas is now 43-38 and 38, since you started covering the program in 2014.
3: That's unfortunate.
2: Well, it sounds um, like it's
3: your fault. I, I – yeah, I, had, I don't like where he's headed
2: with this. So I have to ask you because you've watched a lot of this football. You've watched 38 of these losses now. OK, um, <laughs> you're
3: depressing, Max.
2: I know, but okay. this is this is the real. So I wrote about this a lot last week. But why do you think this year's team kind of continues to get in its own way when you've got the four year start at quarterback? You've got they, they continue to say talent's not the issue. Why do you think that you still see all of those mistakes for three straight weeks?
3: I mean, I don't want to be the most unpopular person here in Austin, but I mean, it boils down to coaching. I mean, you got to put that on on the coaches. I mean, it's – you know, it's – you've got to be able to – you've got the talent, right? Max, you follow recruiting. They've had two top five recruiting classes. So you can't say it's a talent issue. You can't say it's a Sam Ellinger issue. I mean, you bring in a defensive coordinator that was at Ohio State, so he's got a national championship on on his resume. Like, you have all the components to be successful – but it comes down to coaching like that special teams being as bad as it is. That's a coaching thing. I mean, that, that, that is just pure coaching. The the lack of discipline is a coaching thing. You know, at this point, look, Herb Hand, great. I mean, it's great that the the briskets, and we love the brisket stories. Those things are awesome, (laughs) but you got to be able to coach your offensive line to block. And you haven't seen that. And it just, it boils down uh, to coaching and, They just haven't been getting it done, you know, he's got seven new assistants and um, I get it, you know, it's hard when you have seven new assistants um, that haven't didn't have a spring practice with the team that didn't get a real full summer with the team that really had a short training camp only had, uh, you know, two uh, scrimmages and I get that that's a problem. The, the the other issue and i just have to be fair on this is that the reason why there's seven new coaches is because tom herman fired seven old coaches so i mean to be it's mm-hmm. not like oh my god this was thrown on me what the hell am i supposed to do like to be fair that like, you fired seven guys and you and you replaced them so that still falls down on coach herman um to kind of rectify the situation i get that these games are close and i get that from the Charlie Strong era to the, the Tom Herman era, these games are a lot closer. This team has more fight in them. Uh, they don't have a lot of give up. Jason and I was kind of talking about this, the the in our, in, when he was on my podcast last week, about how oh, OU hadn't really shown that ability to come from behind um, over the past couple of weeks. Well, we know Texas can come from behind, and we've seen it, you know, versus Tech. We've seen it versus um, Oklahoma. Um, but... Tom Herman wasn't hired to make people feel good about close losses, right? He was ultimately hired to be the guy that delivered a Big 12 championship. He's going into year four and joining him the one championship game. That, that ultimately will boil down to coaching. So uh, it's really just the coaching deficiencies and I, maybe they're close and maybe they run off a, a streak, but they just have not been getting it done um, and Tom Herman's probably not in any, any jeopardy of losing his job this year, but it makes 2021 into a very, very interesting do-or-die season for him.
1: So, you know, I, I, the last thing I think we had for you is, I, you know, want to talk about Sam Ellinger and, and sort of – I know legacies are complicated things, and this is a kid who – I mean, just Mr. Texas. I mean, I don't know that there's maybe ever been a player that's loved the University of Texas, loved Longhorn football, maybe the way that Sam Ellinger does. Um he 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 gives them gives fans a lot of pride. He really pisses off OU fans. My god, they hate him. I think it's a little bit crazy how much they hate him. Kyler Murray hated him, Baker Mayfield hated him. Um what, what is Sam Ellinger's legacy going to be? Baker Mayfield I, hates or, or, me,
3: but go ahead. That doesn't mean anything. Baker Mayfield hates He he, he hates a lot of um, people, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. But I mean in terms of Sam, what how is he going to be remembered uh, among the, the Texas fan base, do you think?
3: You know, it's going to be interesting because I think Sam is going to be, to your point, remembered as the ultimate Longhorn, that warrior that played through a lot of injuries. And, you know, he played last year hurt. He had a rib injury, and even though his production went down, you never heard him complain about it. You knew something was off. But, I mean, he's a guy that Max can tell you from, from year one has played hurt. Hel- help since high school. I mean, the guy's probably had some sort of injury yeah. Um, yeah. And, and played through it. Um, so he's a tough guy. He's he's tough. He's a warrior. He's nails. And I think he'll be remembered for that. You know, him standing there by himself, or at least technically by himself. He was just other players around. But that photo of him with the eyes of Texas after the OU game, I think is going to be something that he's always remembered for. Um, but then, you know, if we get to the stats and the numbers. You know, he's going to be remembered as a guy that also was 1-4 of versus OU. You know, he's going to be also remembered as a guy that uh, never won a Big 12 championship. He's going to be remembered as the only four-year starter in the history of Texas to never win a Big 12 championship. He'll be the only one. So he's going to be remembered for some good, but there's going to be uh, some other people that also remind you of the, of the full story, which is fantastic, lifelong longhorn. And it's not on Sam. I mean, it's not on Sam. you got to realize that at the end of the day, Actually, got to help me out. How many offensive coordinators has he had since he's been there? I mean, oh man, it,
2: and 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 he's the reason that, that game went to overtime in the first place. You know, same yes. at Texas Tech. You know, correct,
3: correct. And so he, you, you got to say he's had several different offensive coordinators. Don't forget, there's still an era that Tom Herman was the offensive coordinator and Tim Beck wasn't. So yep. you know, you add in like three over the last couple of years. Um, You know, he's he's had to deal with a lot. Um, so the ultimate, war, you know, Warriors as for us, as I don't know how that resonates with with Sooner fans. Uh, but, you know, overall, he still be, statistically he'll be remembered as a great is just be on un- this unfortunate error that he played in that. It just doesn't seem like as of right now, uh, was able to deliver a big 12 championship. And that's why
2: they got to put a run together. Right. And try and try mm-hmm. and get another shot at OU. But it's going to take they're going to take some pretty perfect football from Texas, which we just haven't seen since the old UTEP game.
3: <laughs> yeah if only they had UTEP uh, for nine other games and you know again they're close but I mean it doesn't matter and, and you know the thing about Texas that it that's it, it, you know you talk about my my tenure here uh, covering it and especially under Tom Herman it's it's you know the big games you can you can you can take that you lose to your Oklahomas of the world you can accept that you know Oklahoma's a freaking premier program that that's understandable the problem that Texas fans have is like the TCU's of the world. Like they lost to TCU last year, and TCU won five games, right? They've lost to Texas Tech previously. They've, you know, they've lost, and Baylor had a good run, and so Baylor was pretty good last year. But they've always lost to a team. that- um, I, re- I wrote it last
2: week. It's 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 not the Oklahoma games that get the reputation. It's the Maryland games that get you this yes. reputation.
3: You know? Yes. And, and that's, that becomes the frustrating ones. And so and against them, that's coaching got to be prepared. So uh, that, that is the, the you unfortunate know, part where Texas is. Oh, you fine. Like you said, Maryland, unacceptable.
2: Wild times in Austin, man. Thank you for, thank you for joining us. And, and hopefully the uh, you know, hopefully the message boards can calm down a little bit for you <laughs> a little it's less moderating a right. little more, a little more fun.
3: We're just letting them blast away. They're just they're just putting all kind of semi-naked photos on. And if that <laughs> if that makes them happy, then oh, we'll, we're okay with it. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Thanks, Anwar. Appreciate it. All right, take care, guys.
1: Thanks so much to Anwar Richardson for joining the show. Go check out his stuff on Orange Bloods. And please subscribe to our show, One True Pod, on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a review and a good rating. And find our stories on The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up now for $1 a month by going to theathletic.com slash pod. You don't just get the best college football coverage, you get all of our sports coverage. So be sure to take advantage. We'll see you next week.